Hello and welcome, Friar Town. Today is January 25th, and we are going to be joined by Friar Great, Marcus Doughton. I am Billy Ritchie, and this is the Friar Podcast. Welcome, everybody, back with episode eight here on the Friar Podcast. Today, I'm joined by a Friar legend who, every time he stepped out on the floor of the dunk, was a double-double threat, led us to an NCAA tournament appearance in 2003-2004, and achieved the ultimate dream of being drafted by one of the NBA's most storied franchises. Ladies and gentlemen, please give me a warm welcome as we welcome our next guest on the Friar Podcast, Marcus Doughton. Marcus, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, man? I'm glad you guys called me up. Got a lot to talk about. <laughs> well, as we were chatting about earlier, you're one of my favorite friars from when I was a kid. So thank you for the memories there. And to get things started here on the show, as we do with every guest, would love to know, what was your favorite Providence restaurant that you enjoyed going to when you were on the team? Oh, man, we had so many. Um, but I want to say... One of the best ones was probably, I still go to this day, is Hemingway's. Hemingway's was the best one. I mean, that was off campus, but on campus, I love, uh, I used to go to that one down the street. What is this? It's not Sackey's, but um, Primetime? Before all of, you know, before they had the wings, when they had the wings and stuff like that. But that was one of our, my favorite. But Hemingway's by far is the best restaurant known to man for me. I love Hemingway's. Great, great seafood. Some nice surf and turf options there. So I'm, w- I'm with you there. That, that, that's a good one. Oh yeah, the filet and lobster is amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well, glad, glad that you're eating good while you were over on the, over on the team. And as I, you know, want to get things kicked off here, we'd love to talk about your basketball background. You played for some great high schools. The first being St. Thomas Aquinas, which we all know Lamar Odom played at. You played at Notre Dame Prep, which is where a lot of friars come from. And you grew up in the Syracuse, New York area. Obviously, we, we know Syracuse basketball, which, you know, you're obviously not a fan of anymore being a former friar. But t- tell us exactly. tell us what it was like, you know, growing up playing basketball for you. Um. Growing up was it was it was fun. I mean, um, when I first got introduced to AAU basketball, because um, I used to always, I mean, my mom, you know, put a rim in the backyard, and you know, I was just playing. We was playing against different neighborhoods and stuff like that, and that's kind of got competitive. And then one year, one of my friends, when I tried out for the high school freshman team, he asked me if I ever played AAU. I didn't even know what AAU was. Then I was like, well, no, I never, so never tried it, never nothing. So then I didn't even think about. I didn't even think about playing college ball or being an NBA. I didn't think of none of that. I was just being a kid, you know, just playing basketball. And then when I started getting good at it and I played my first year, I think it was my sophomore year, I played AU and I seen so many players and I seen like stars and NBA stars at AU events. And I was just like, man, this is, this is nice. You know, and I didn't know I was that, I didn't know I had a chance at all. And then, um, after that, I just started getting hungry and hungrier because I just wanted to keep, you know, getting better and better at my craft. So I don't know. It was it all it all came together at at some point. <laughs> we we won't hold it against you. When you were growing up, were you a were you a Syracuse fan? Uh yeah, I was always a Syracuse fan growing up. Um, grew up, you know, I used to like my sophomore junior year, I used to go up to the dome, and in, in the summers, and I used to play pickup. Um, and I was playing pickup with like Jason Hart, you know, uh, Ryan Blackwell, Eton Thomas, all of those guys. 
you know, when I was growing up and I, and I, and I was watching them, and I, you know, I can probably name off a million Syracuse players that uh, I always watched growing up, coming up the years. Um, but yeah, Syracuse was definitely a dream, you know, to, to, to watch. And the biggest rivalry I used to watch the most was Georgetown versus Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, that's kind of what I kind of grew up watching. And that's why I fell in love with the Big East. No, the Big East being on national television and that brand of basketball was an amazing time. And that's a great segue into our next question. Why did you decide to go go to PC? And, and what was your relationship like with Tim Welsh? Well, I chose to go to PC because um, actually when, when, going back to my AU days is that when I played AU my junior year, uh, they start recruiting me. And that's when um, King Rice was one of the assistants at, um, at PC. And, you know, they, they, they kind of offered me early. They offered me my junior year. They offered me um, a scholarship my junior year. And they was the first Big East school to offer me. And before then, I was getting looks at, I was getting offers from like BU and Ryder and Hofstra and, you know, St. Bonaventure, like low D1s. And I was like, yeah, you know, I was already like, oh, yeah, I can go there. But when the Big East school called, I was like, oh, I got to go. And so that junior year, I was like, yeah, I was like, Providence? I don't know. And then I watched them play, and I was like, oh, they, don't, they didn't even have Nike jerseys. They had N1. And I'm wow. like, oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. you know. And then I was like, oh. Uh, and then I was kind of debating because they didn't have the name on the back of the jerseys either. So I was mm-hmm. like, well, Syracuse got the names. Of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's all what's been coming up. So so after that happened, I, I kind of just had – Providence, in the, you know, at the front of my mind because they were the first Biggie school to offer me. I mean, makes sense. And I don't think a lot of Friar fans nowadays even remember that they didn't have the names on the back of the jerseys. That's an amazing point. I feel old now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the first, so the first jersey that I ever had was Ryan Gomes, of course. And, and he, you know, obviously wore the number three and it just said Friars on the back. So you're bringing, you're bringing this back for me right now. Oh so, yeah, way back. So, so let's talk about your freshman year success after deciding to come to PC. You had 22 and 11 against Brown, your first double-double as a freshman, and you were, you were able to match up well against a lot of great big men in the Big East. Can you tell us what it was like being a big man and being a freshman in the old style of Big East play? Well, you know what's crazy? Honestly, my freshman year when I came in, I kind of came in with a chip on my shoulder. Um, just because when I came in, I was one of the top recruits coming out that year. Um, so when I came to Providence, I want to say I was like, I want to say I was like top 100 in the country. So I was kind of like already like had a little chip on my shoulder. And then I was practicing against Kareem Shabazz every day. You know what I mean? That's a seven footer. And I look at it like that. Ain't nobody was taller in the Big East than Kareem Shabazz. So then today I'm, I'm practicing with him every single day going against the biggest guy in, you know, in the Big East. So that gave my confidence, you know even higher. So when I got ready to finally play, you know, everyone else was a lot smaller and I felt like, you know, I can do a lot more damage. So I don't know. I kind of got lucky, I guess. You're obviously, you're obviously on the tall side being six eleven, almost seven foot. And in, in terms of the different teams that you played against in the bees, what was that team that you were most hyped to, to match up against? I mean, I'm going to guess it was Syracuse, but you know, and, and, and who were some guys that you played AAU against that you were just so excited to uh, also match up against in the big East? Um, well, you know, what? uh, I, I want to say like when my freshman year, we, I want my freshman year, we didn't even, we didn't play against Syracuse until, because that's when they, that's the year when they split the big East. So we didn't get Syracuse my freshman year. So I was kind of pissed 
in a regular season, but we wind up meeting them down in New York, you know, at the Big East, um, at the Big East tournament. So that's the first time I played them was at the end of the year. You know what I mean? Like, you know, post game, post preseason, whatever. Right. So um, actually Syracuse wasn't, I mean, they was on my radar. Like, yeah, I want to play them. I want to play them, but it wasn't, it wasn't nothing that I was really, you know, it was just excited because I wanted to go back home and play them, but it didn't happen. But I mean, I think the biggest school, that we really that I really wanted to beat every single time I played them was UConn because it's right up the road and everyone was talking about them more than they was talking about us and we just having the time we was having the same record you know what I mean and I'm like well mm-hmm. what what is those guys doing that we're not doing but it was just because UConn had a, a crazy 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 long history you know what I mean of pros and stuff like that and they just came off of that high year when they had like Jake Bosco and Kendall Amin when they won it so you know they they were still rolling so I was kind of Excited to always play against them because it's right up the street. They get their fans, we get our fans, and it was always like it was like half and half. You look at the stadium, and we go down to uh, stores. They got people on our necks. You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, you guys got to come back to our place, and we got people on their necks. So yep. that was kind of rivalry because we we're so close. I think absolutely. Well, I'd rather live in Providence than Stores, Connecticut. So <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> Glad you're on the right side of the of the rivalry there. And Marcus, let's talk about what made you especially a great player on the basketball court. And that that's, of course, the art of the block. Your junior year and senior year, you were 11th and 7th in the NCAA in blocks, averaging three and over three blocks a game. Can you tell us, like, other than being tall, what does it take to be so great at shot blocking? Oh, uh, you just honestly, it, it's just timing. It's just it's just timing and 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 just anticipating a lot. Uh, then I had great teammates also. You know what I mean? I, I had Ryan, I had uh, I, I had Rob Sanders, I had Shea Kukov, I had Donnie. I had all those guys who was basically setting guys up. They didn't know they was getting set up, but they were literally setting guys up. You know, Shea Kukov was like, oh, he knew that you know if a guard could go right strong, Shea would play him to his left, and I will always be in help. So even if you get beat. He know that he got whoever coming got to see me. You know what I mean? And plus, we're in the zone. We're in a two-three zone, so it was a lot easier to be a help side. Um, and the same thing with Ryan. Ryan like, oh yeah, Ryan will go for anybody up fake because he know that once they go up again, I'm gonna be there. You know what I mean? And the same as Rob. So it was kind of a it was kind of a, a agreement, I could say. You know what I mean? And plus, I mean, when I was in college, I wasn't that offensive minded, but defensive minded, I was the anchor of the team. So um. I think that's what definitely helped me was I was more defensively minded um, my junior senior year because I knew that's what it took for us to even think to even get anywhere, you know? With that being said, is there a block, is there one block that sticks out all time where you're like, wow, I, I, I really got that guy? Oh, honestly, I think, um, I, I mean, the one one guy I really want one guy that I really every single time we matched up I up I upped up to Andy was when I played against Okafor, um, because at one point he was leading the country and then I was leading the country so we was going back and forth and I and I was kind of yeah. like I said it was more of the rival you know what I mean and I knew for sure that everyone was talking about him so I'm like you know at the end of the day if I want to be one of the top guys and he was one of the top guys I would have to you know shut him down so I think when we went to stores Connecticut I think we. I think I had like, I want to say I had like three or four blocks, like early in the early, early. One time I blocked Okafor twice back to back. Um, so that was one of that's one of the most not memorable, but that's definitely one of the the ones where I was like, I got to get him before he gets me. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Absolutely. One of the best players in the country ended up having a great NBA career as well. So I could totally tell why, why you were going to pick up the game there and, and why you look forward to that matchup. And let's transition to the 2003-2004 Providence Friars. One of my favorite teams of all time, 20-9, and nine, NCAA tournament berth. Just, just a great season of memories. We were talking about the Texas game before we jumped on. We had a great one against UConn, a win against Syracuse later on in the year. Tell me about that team. What made that team so special and about that NCAA tournament berth? I think we were just, honestly, we were just so hungry. And honestly, I think that we were all just waiting for the opportunity. We knew how good we was, but the country didn't know how good we was. And like I said, we was kind of flying under the radar. I mean, I think that year, that's when we was competing with like BC when they had Troy Bell and that, you know what I mean? And then, for that, we, we, we had – because the Big East, that's when the Big East, I think, was – we was the Big East Conference alone was stronger than than all the other conferences, the ACC, the SEC, because, um I mean, we that year, I think we had, like, six or seven teams that got into the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I mean, it was, like, kind of like a, a no-brainer. I mean, every single night was a challenge. We, get, we had to go down to Virginia Tech and play down there. That was always tough. Then we had Pittsburgh. They was, they was ranked also. And and, and um, who they had Notre Dame, you know, when they had Chris Humphreys and all those, you know what I mean? Like the the league was loaded. Then you can't, you know, you know, you got Georgetown. And when they had uh, they had Lee Shrugs, they had all those guys. They had Michael Sweetney, you know what I mean? And then coming down, then you got to think about it too. Then you had West Virginia. Mm-hmm. You know, we had we had t- we had tough teams. We have and then don't you know St. John's, Omar Cook, they had. We we then you have Seton Hall with Andre Barrett and and they have pros all through the Big East. Mm-hmm. So um, that year it was just like basically who wanted it the most. You know what I mean? What it came down to, and then at the end of the day, like every single game we played was a tough game. So and it was good competition. So I think that that year we was just out to try to you know prove prove a lot of people wrong. And then plus that year um, we had it tough because. That following year, we went to what? We went to, we went to the the. We didn't even go to the tournament. We didn't even make the tournament. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we had a hot, a lot of high expectations, and plus we had we had a good core. We had a whole core coming back. When we lost, I think we lost John Lenahan, and I think we lost Aaron Maxey and those guys. But I mean, we had a good core coming back. So you know, it was we all we got. You, you know what I mean? And plus, I think we were got. I think we was like preseason I think we wasn't in the top 25 in that preseason so we like I said we was out trying to prove you know everybody wrong I guess and and you, and you did because you came in unranked you were able to get to get ranked you were able to get as high as 13 12 top 10 in the country so I mean shout out to the group and, and the determination and the grit that, that you guys put forward and you mentioned Aaron Maxey and, and and John Linehan who were some of your favorite teammates you love just chopping it up with, you know, guys that you still stay in touch with nowadays. And, and, and who do you believe is the most talented friar that you ever suited up with? I mean, you got a couple in there. I mean, you just mentioned John Linehan. He's one that I think of Aaron Maskey, Aaron Maxey is actually super underrated all time. And of course, Ryan Gomes, Donnie McGrath, et cetera. So for, yeah, for, first question would be who, who are some of your guys? And second would be, who do you think were the most talented that you suited up with? Well, like when I was, I mean, obviously, like my my freshman year, who I came in with, I came in with Donnie. I mean, not not Donnie. I came in with Shea Kukaba. I came in with Donnell Alec. I came in with Maris Laxa, Chris Aaron. You know the Euro guys. 
So I came in with a good group of guys. But when I first first came in, John Lenahan kind of took me under his wing. Um, and he kind of showed me the ropes. And you know what I mean? He was always open, you know, more, more than helpful. He was kind of like my mentor when I first got there. And then I was happy when I wasn't happy. I don't want to say I don't want to say I was happy, but I was I was excited when when um, we wound up getting him for another year because he had that groin injury, mm-hmm. which made him sit out. And then we wound up getting him back the, the next year, um, which I have one more year with him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to say we have some talented guys on the uh, on the Providence Five. But I want to say probably hand not hand yeah no hands down Rob Sanders. Okay. Rob Sanders is he you never knew what that guy would do, could do. And 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 he showed up in real big games. And I think he was I think he was really I like I think he was one of the most underrated guys on that starting five. Um absolutely. Because, you know, because we had Ryan. Ryan was, you know, he was like the mother load. Everyone, you know, was on Ryan. And then we had Donnie, who was great, great, great. He came in, Donnie came in as people think he was a young player, but Donnie came in very, very mature. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He kind of he came in freshman year. He started and he kind of took over, pushed Sheku Kaba down to the two guard, and it was it was nuts from there. But uh, I can say for sure, I think I think I think Rob Sanders was the most talented guy I played with um, while I was at PC. That that's an amazing take, and I'll tell you I'll tell you Friar fans why who are, who are going to be listening to this episode because when I think about that starting lineup. I think about Ryan, of course. I think about, you know, you as the rim protector, you know, kind of the soul and the grit of the defense. I think about Donnie in terms of his ability to facilitate and hit three-point shots. And Rob Sanders, well, and, and of course, Sheikh Kukabo as well. Uh, and Rob Sanders is just that kind of dynamic do-it-all type of guy, but he wouldn't have been my first thought. So I, I love that I love that you just provided us with that. Yeah, because you, if, you, if you, like, you got it, like, I mean, like, I've seen what that dude did in practice. I've seen what that dude did in games like honestly he kind of filled holes that you never knew what he was gonna do because sometimes rob people think rob was just a slasher and then rob would literally hit four or five threes in a corner and then he's mm-hmm. like oh shoot then they start coming out thinking he's a shooter and next thing you know shay kukab or don mcgrath is throwing it up to the sky and rob is grabbing it dunking on people so i'm like geez you know what i mean so i definitely he never he always surprised me whatever he did so i think that definitely he was one of the most talented guys by far. Uh, that's great. And transitioning to your personal success, Marcus, you were drafted by one of the most storied franchises in the NBA. I, I would say the second most, of course, being a Celtics fan. Um, <laughs> but you got to give the Lakers their acclaim, even if you grow up in New England like I did. And <laughs> you, you were drafted in second round, 56th overall pick. What was it like to hear your name called to be a professional basketball player and just just take us through that moment? Um, honestly, it was, it was just like, you, you just riding on cloud nine. I, I, I mean, like when the tournament was over, when, when we lost in the tournament, I probably cried and cried. And then when I left the locker room, I'm like, oh, the, the, this is over. Like school is over now. Like now I got to figure out if I'm going to be an NBA player or I'm going to go get a nine to five. Uh, you know what I mean? And Honestly, I, I still didn't know. I mean, I had people talking, but I'm like, you know, in college, you know, you got to average 18 or something like that. And, you know, a lot of whatever. And I wasn't I wasn't the guy on the team who was the scorer. Ryan was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? So as soon as the season was over, as soon as I walked out that locker room, the assistant coach, Paul Seymour, came up to me and said, hey, he was like, 
now this is where the fun part starts. I said, the fun part? I'm like, I'm scared. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he, he, he like, no, what do you mean? He was like, now you, you bought the, now you bought to get paid to do all of this. Now, now you can get, you know, now you, this is how you make a living. So once he said that, I'm like, oh man, I'm like, oh, make a living. I'm like, oh, so I was like, okay. So he was like, if you're serious about it, let's get in the gym and start working out. So I'm like, okay. Got back to Providence the next morning. I want to say Paul Seymour called me six in the morning. Said, let's get to the gym. I'm like, dude, season over. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're, we're season over. He's like, yeah, but is you trying to go, you know, to the next level? Yeah. So got in the gym, worked out with him. And like I said, I, I mean, I known him my my four years of school, but I didn't know to see, I didn't know Coach Seymour on that level because he was a totally different, he was totally different. He's like, listen, I mean, like, during, after the season was over, I worked out that morning with him. I threw up four times. I threw up. Working out in the gym, literally with him, and I'm like, "Yo, why, why, why was not doing this during the season?" He was like, "Cause you, you know, you was in basketball shape, you was in college shape, but you wasn't in shape to be a pro." What's the difference? Well, I found out what the difference was. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I did that with him for about a week, and next thing you know, I hired an agent, mm-hmm. and then that was the last week I worked out with him. Was that one week? And after that, I was just going from NBA team to NBA team to NBA team. So when I got in my first workout, uh, it was with the Celtics. Love it. <laughs> yeah, it was with the Celtics. Um, they 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 called me up to work out, and I was working out with guards and guys on the wing. Like it was like J.R. Smith was there. Um, uh, it was like Dwight, uh, Dwight Green. It was all like guys on the wing, and there's a lot of high school guys who was trying to transition to go to. I mean, to go to the pros. Mm-hmm. When I got in there, I'm like, dude, I'm not no three. I'm not no – why did so – so, but the workout was so hard, but I was working out so hard with Coach Seymour that I was already prepared for it. You, you know what I mean? Absolutely. After that happened, literally after Celtics workout was over, I got a call from my agent. He said, oh, yeah, Minnesota wants you to come for a workout. I'm like, okay, when? He was like, can you go straight there? So I was literally going from team to team to team throughout the whole draft. Throughout the whole draft. And I literally probably would have worked out for every single NBA team, but I ran out of time. Like my last team I had worked out with was Indiana. Um, and it was literally three days before the draft. And um hey, when I didn't even think the Lakers was I was I didn't even know I was on the Lakers radar because I didn't even get to get, go out there to work out for them, you know. So when they took my name, when they when they drafted me, I was like Honestly, I was I was already upset. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was already upset because Indiana told me that they was gonna take me either at the 29th pick. I mean, at the, either at the 31st pick, mm-hmm. or they was gonna take me in the second round. And I go, okay, I'm going because I thought my mind said I was going to Indiana because mm-hmm. they told me that they was gonna take me. And then certain things happened in the draft, and 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 certain guys was available. And so when after Indiana took that took the pick away. I didn't know what was going to happen because then I started looking at the chart and I'm like, well, only worked out for a few more teams that's left on a draft board. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it happened. The Lakers picked me and I was like, my friend, I knew, I honestly, I didn't even hear my name called. My friend grabbed me out of nowhere. I was talking to, I think I was talking to a family member or something like that. And and I guess my name came across the screen and my friend jumped across the room and tackled me. 
And I don't know, I just started, I was like, I couldn't believe it. And I didn't see it. And then next, you know, like all these news reporters start coming up to me and stuff like that. And it was just, it was just something that was, it was just an unbelievable feeling, you know? That, I mean, that, that's an incredible story. And you, you, you had a very interesting, you know, start with that, with that NBA journey because you making the Lakers roster had to do with Carl Malone, you know, a, a future and at now, now at this time, Hall of Famer. And then the Los Angeles Clippers were involved and, you know, there were some different things to start off your professional career, but you, you've had a very long-standing career overseas as well, 14 years and counting, and you've played in some pretty amazing places. Um, tell us, I don't even know where to start here. Tell, tell us about your journey in basketball, starting um, with the NBA and then going overseas. Well, I, I, was with, I was with the Lakers. Then when I got to training camp, no matter of fact, when I got to the Lakers, they were telling me, they was like, Marcus, we... Because they made that, that's when they made that trade. That they, they made the trade. That's when um Lamar, all Quran, all those guys came down to the Lakers mm-hmm. and the trade happened when Shake Shaq went away. Mm-hmm. Um so when I came in, the GM was like, you know, Marcus, we, we we picked you because we think that you need to, you know, gain weight and get stronger because in our offense, we really don't know what position you play. Uh, okay. So there's like just protect you. We wanna um we wanna send you overseas for a year, but we wanna keep your rights. I said, okay. So, I mean, I didn't know. I was just happy to be a Laker. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I went overseas, went to Belgium my first year after Belgium was over. In Belgium, I averaged, I had, a, I had a pretty good season in Belgium. And then um, after I came home, I went back to LA and uh, I was just basically a practice player. And then after that happened, the following year, I'm like, all right, now I'm ready. You know what I mean? I did one year overseas. I'm like, I'm ready. And the Lakers was like, come to summer league, do summer league again. I did summer league again. I killed in summer league. And then I started having teams wanting to make trades. Like Sacramento wanted to trade um, trade for me. I think Washington wanted to trade for me. Portland wanted to trade for me. And the Lakers wouldn't let me go. They wanted to release my rights. So my agent said, either you can go to training camp and make them basically lose your rights, or you can, you can go back overseas for another year. So I'm like, mm-hmm. well, if we got all these teams offering for trades, I should just go to camp. You know what I mean? Right. So I went to camp. After camp was, I went to camp, and then I was doing fine in camp. And then I had a, I think I had a, yeah, I had a family emergency at home. So I was like, I told my agent, they told me don't leave. If you leave, obviously they can, they gonna release you. So I'm like, you know what? Family more important. So I left. Mm-hmm. But I knew that other teams wanted me, so I left, and I went back overseas. I, I mean, I went home handle my family issues, and I went back overseas. I went back overseas. The team that I played for in that same conference in Belgium, the top team offered me, like, to, like, triple my salary. So I go, I'm like, yeah, heck yeah. So (laughs) so, so I wound up signing with that team in Belgium, and I signed a two-year deal. And as I signed a two-year deal, I was there, like, three months, and the coach wound up getting fired. So when the coach got fired, they got rid of all the foreigners, which is all Americans. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's a good. So I was like, oh, what should I do? So I talked to my agent. He was like, well, you don't need money. So why don't you go back and try the D-League? Mm-hmm. Try to get in the D-League and see what happens. So I came back to the States, played in the D-League with the Albuquerque Thunderbirds. We wound up, that was when I had Michael Cooper as my coach. Yeah. Later, obviously. Later. Wind up winning the championship in the D-League. Um, that year came back. I got offered by four NBA teams like Houston. I had Houston, um, I had Houston, Chicago, Milwaukee, 
And I think Portland, they offered me to go back to training camp. And then I said, well, I'm not going back to training camp unless you guys give me some guaranteed money. Because then I was a little more cocky again, you know. And Portland offered me guaranteed, but then I got a big offer in um, China. That was more than what Portland was offering me. So I'm like, so I talked to Michael Cooper about it. He's like, well, what do you think you should do? And I'm like, well, maybe I should just go back to the D-League and just try to get called up. He was like, yeah. He was like, you definitely get called up. So I'm like, okay. So I turned the job down, went back and played with Michael Cooper one more year. Next thing we got to the showcase, which is like just before they start making call-ups. Mm-hmm. And I was doing great, but then I didn't have no guarantee. I had Washington. They wanted me, but they wasn't ready to push, pull a plug or whatever. I mean, they really wasn't, you know, they was just talking. Mm-hmm. So I had Korean team offer me crazy. And I talked to Michael Kuba about it. He's like, listen, he's like, what are you, then he told me, what are you doing this for? Are you doing this for, because you love basketball? Are you doing this for the money? If you love basketball, stay here in the D league. Get called up. If you're doing it for the money, you know, so I'm like, okay. So I look and the Korean team offered me more money than what I would get if I was to get called up and stick. So I go, well, I got a few teams that want me now. I'm thinking, well, they'll want me later too. So I wound up going over to Korea for three months, played in Korea, brought the team all the way to the, the semifinals. And I had um, my teammate in Korea was Pete Michael, which was one of the best scorers at Cincinnati. And he was kind of my mentor. He, you know, taught me how everything is. And after that happened, I came back and then I was home. And then I got uh, signed a contract in Russia. Played in Russia for a season. Did a great job in Russia. Played really good in the, in the, in the EuroLeague. And I wound up getting a phone call and an offer from a team, from my owner in the Philippines. They asked me, they're like, Marcus, do you want to be a citizen? I'm like, citizen? I'm like, you know, why do I need to be a citizen? I'm already an American citizen. I didn't really know too much about it. Yeah. So my agent explained to me, he was like, yeah, you know, if you guys do good, you guys, you can play in the Olympics and this and this. And I'm like, Olympics? I'm like, okay. So I wind up going over there just for a tryout for one week. Went over there. First day of practice. I'm dying because it's so hot. Mm-hmm. I'm dying. And the coach is like, okay, Marcus, the tryout is over. I'm like, I was supposed to be here for a week trying out. He was like, no. He was like, I already made my decision. You're coming. He was like, let's sign a contract right now. That's the first day. I said, okay, sign a contract. I signed a four-year contract in the Philippines. Next thing I know, start playing. Then I got my national. I got I got my papers. Um, I got my passport. Then I was a citizen. Then I started competing internationally. And it just became like, it was amazing. We started like traveling, you know, different countries and stuff like that. And I was like, geez, this is this is this is nice. And then after that, I didn't, I didn't think about the NBA. I didn't think about nothing else no more because the, the, the life in the Philippines was amazing. Um, the people treated me well. Everyone spoke English. Um, so it was like really, really, really like easy living. And it was just basketball. That's all it was is basketball. And I was like, well, why not? So went to Philippines, played in the Philippines for four years. And then I thought from playing in the Philippines and playing for the country, I started getting other offers. I started getting offers from like to play in Iran, play in China, play in Korea again. And then, so every time our season was over, I basically, I was, I was, I was free. Sometimes I was free for two months. I had two months vacation. Sometimes I had three months vacation. So we played in 
matter of fact, that year we won the gold medal with the Philippines. We won the gold. I got offered from a team in China to play in China. Then China wound up doubling up my salary that I was making in the Philippines. So then I had to ask permission if I could play in uh, in China with the Philippines owner. And they said, yeah. So I played half half year in China, half year in the Philippines. And from then on, I, that's just how it went. And then after I finished up in the Philippines, my contract was over in the Philippines. I wound up playing in the Philippines for six years. Wow. I yeah. Mean, I mean, that yeah. that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is a journey. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, the, yeah. There are people I know who have never even left Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to go all these places and to be a part of all this, you know, all, all this greatness and, and all the different teams that you were part of with, with, with the Phil, with the Philippines, let's go back to that for a second. Okay. You won a couple gold medals in different international plays and different tournaments and stuff. What, what, what was that like? What was that like putting on that Jersey and, and having that gold medal come through? Honestly, I want to say probably playing for the Philippines and just the country was probably the most honorable thing I could say I did in my career. Um, just because like you, you understand, like, you think, okay, people love basketball here, but that country breathes and they live and die basketball. And when you see just how much, you know, love they have for the, the sport and, and how much appreciation they have just from, you know, me coming there from a different country and representing their country, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. I felt like, I just felt like I had a lot of, a, a lot of responsibility. And I was just like, you know, my main goal was just to bring them somewhere that they was, they'd never been, you, you know what I mean? And that's that was basically my only thought process was to bring them to where they'd never been. And when I got there, they were like, uh, uh, I want to say they were like the 136 team, I mean, country, as far as like basketball goes. That's where they were at. They were like the 136 best team in the world or whatever. And they were like, oh, how are we going to get down to this? You know what I mean? In so much little time. And we just start beating teams and beating teams and beating teams. And, um, and honestly, it, it was just—it's it's just memorable. It's just—it's just memorizing. Honestly, it's, it was just—it was just amazing. That's that's awesome, and and that's just a great other part of your story in basketball. And going back to our Providence Friars here, <laughs> let, let, let's let's talk about the state of Providence basketball today. Let's let's talk about Ed Cooley. Let's talk about if you're watching some games. Mm-hmm. No, what, what do you think about where the team is nowadays? The team, honestly, I mean, I, I don't watch them ever since I, I've been out of school and ever since Ed Cooley got out there. What he's doing with that, what he's doing with the program is, it's nothing that I could have visually seen. Um, because, like, when I went up there, the, 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 the facility is amazing now. Um, the players is beyond respected. Um, and, and you know, the, the talent he's bringing in is top talent. Um, He's getting, you know, big names. He's getting, you know, he's getting hometown talent. I mean, he's getting everything that that school can ask for. And he's performing every single year. I mean, I mean, we're competitive every single year. And honestly, it's, it's crazy how some people like, oh, you know, I don't know about PC, but at the end of the day, it's so homegrown. Cooley's from Providence. Mm-hmm. You can't beat that. You, 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 have a winning, you have a winning program. You have a hometown, you have hometown talent that's on the floor. You have hometown talent that's coaching, that's running the whole school. You can't, you know, that's something that you can't even fathom. Nate, give me one school in the country that has their coach that's from that, t- you know what I mean? That's from there. 
Yeah. And who's successful? You know what I mean? It's, it's just it's unheard of. And and I met Cooley when he was at uh, Boston College, and he's just he was just amazing. And and the way he the way he, you know, he he know what buttons to push to get those guys to play is is just is just that's unreal. It is, and I think you said it said it best here is how many colleges or how many programs in the country have what we have. And the truth is not a lot, not at a different period of time, the Providence coaching job could have been looked at as a stepping stone for, for, for different, for different coaches. And to have a coach who's going to be consistently there and buys into the product, eat, sleeps and breathes fryer basketball. That's got to be comforting for recruits to know that this guy's going to be here. Well, you know, honestly, you got to think, the, the the biggest question is, oh oh, you know when when you when you uh, I mean as a as a player when you come into a school you you wanna you wanna feel secure you wanna feel like wherever you're going, the person who's bringing you there can is gonna stay there the whole time you're there, obviously and they're from there born and raised who can tell you about a place that they're born and raised from you know what I mean yeah you can't beat that I mean you I mean I don't want to visit this college coaches, he's talking to me, and I'm like, well, what do you know about this? Oh, I don't know. I, I just got here, you know, this two years ago. I don't know too much. Cooley can tell you everything from his childhood to, you know what I mean, to, to now. You know what I mean? Another thing, too, is like, I'm I'm from Syracuse, New York, and I'm, you know, I'm still, oh, I'm a local now. You, you know what I mean? Even from all the countries that I've been traveling to, wherever I've been around the world, I'm, I'm, I came back here. You know what I mean? And, and I could have, I could have been anywhere in the world. And I came back here and that just shows you, you know, um, it just shows the love that, 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 you know, Friar basketball have and, and that Cooley is keeping this thing at, you know, as either, I think they're, they're at a higher level than they were when I was there. You, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. just to see the program and the direction it's going is just amazing. And, and I'm just happy to, and I'm proud to say that, you know, I'm a Friar. Absolutely. And I got a, I got a little bit of a, a bonus question I'd love to ask. <laughs> what, what what was it like playing at the Dunkin' Donuts Center? Can can you paint the picture for us? Like you know what it was like playing in front of twelve thousand four hundred of of New England's finest college basketball fans. Um, honestly, the bit when, when I was okay before I even get to that when I was getting when I was getting recruited, I was like, you know, I would the more thing is like where did people play at? You know, on campus, off campus. You know, mm-hmm. so when I first took my visit to PC. I've seen the gym. I'm like, okay, this on campus. I'm like, ah, it's all right. But when I went downtown and I seen, I seen, oh man, I I, I seen, I, I was like, this is like, I'm, I mean, I'm like, to me, it's like an NBA arena. You, right. you know what I mean? Right. You're right in the heart of the city. Absolutely. Um, you get all the attention from the city um, and you stand out. You, you know what I mean? I mean, we, you attach them all. All the restaurants is amazing. All the whole city is amazing. Downtown is amazing, and it, it, it's like the dome. And I mean, coming from Syracuse, I see the dome, but the dome is up on the hill. You know what I mean? Like you know, right. Providence is right in the city. You can't miss it. You know what I mean? You, you cut through anywhere you come, north, south, east, west. It's right there. <laughs> so you, you you get it from all different angles, and everybody. I mean, we had that's we had billboards everywhere, and. It was, it was just, it was just, it was just unreal. It's, it's a very special place. I call Providence basketball, the professional sports team of Rhode Island. And 
going to high school, even going middle school and, and growing up in Rhode Island, like we would live for those sports center top 10 plays that PC would have the recaps on the local news. It, it, it just is such a big part of our culture of basketball of growing up in Rhode Island that just PC is the pinnacle of success. For sure. For sure. Man, I miss it. Even, even you just feel it. I mean, you feel it. The whole, you know, the, the, the whole arena, they just stand up before you score and, and people just call your name. They know you by your first name. You know what I mean? You can be in the mall, anywhere. It's like the fans, they don't forget you. And even now, I mean, I didn't, I, I've been away, obviously, playing overseas for, you know, 17, 15, 16 years, whatever it was. But whenever I came back, it's like I never left. You, you know what I mean? And, 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 that's, and that's something that, that, that says a lot about a program. And, and that's just a program, but the fans, because the fans make PC basketball. So, I mean, like I said, I, I love it here. That's why I'm still here. <laughs> Amen. And that's, and that's why you're coming on to tell your story. And who are some guys that you keep in touch with? And, you know, can you tell us, like, you had such a long career in basketball. Can you tell us about some different things you're working on now? Um, the guys I still keep in touch with is, I mean, I still talk to Sheikh Kukawa. Uh, I spoke to Abdul Mills a couple, about, about, about two months ago. Um, I speak to John Linehan here and there. Let me see. Ryan Gomes, we always, you know, message each other here and there. Donnie, uh, I, I spoke to, to Chris Aaron, I think a little this past summer. Um, I still keep up with a few of the guys, Aaron Maxey here and there. I've seen him overseas a few times. John Linehan, I've seen him overseas a few times um, that I actually played against, which was – that was that was something. Um, oh, yeah. But, but um, for the most part, uh, I mean, all the guys, you know, we all still show love and and and, and, and we all still reach out and, 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 and keep up with each other. Uh, Rob Sanders, I've seen him last year when he came back from Florida. We had dinner. So, you know. Keep up with the guys, but now I'm doing now. Well, last year I, I coached at CCRI as an assistant under um, uh, Coach Rick Harris. Um, we wound up going all the way. To, we won the region. We went to Minnesota, played in Minnesota two games, and then the COVID hit yeah. while we were there. And then that that canceled that the season was finished. And then this year they they canceled the season because of COVID. But now I'm just you know training and uh and and training kids and training my son and and and. Basically, you know, sticking around and waiting for our season next year. Training and 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 uh, staying COVID free. <laughs> Is your son going to be uh, class of you know 2040 Providence College? Honestly, that that <clears throat> honestly that's one of the reasons why I retired um, because I had to come back because I had to get my son, you know, ready uh, to to become good because now he's what he's he just turned 15 in December and he's about six four and a half wow he looks like he looks like a small blake griffin <laughs> okay <laughs> but um yeah, yeah, he's, he, he's coming up he's coming up he's uh he's very talented but he got some time he has some time but hopefully hopefully i can get him there hopefully i can get him there in the next couple of years we see love it no passing passing on the great basketball journey to the next generation and marcus you've been incredible on the show here today would be just curious if you have some final thoughts for the friar fans and you know leave us with uh some good notes to end on um, no, I think, I think Cooley got our program going in the right direction. Hopefully one day I can be a part of that coaching staff when I get some more experience under my belt. But, uh, like I said, Friars is always, always well-prepared and, 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 and the fans is always, you know, 
backing them. And, and, and at the end of the day, fryer to I die. And then, and, and, and when I die, I might have a little more fryers, you know, pushing it through. So, uh, uh, like I said, you know, I'm here. I love being here. I love the program. I don't have no regrets on ever choosing PC. And if I can do it all over again, I'll do it all over again times 10. That That's amazing to hear. And I think, I think you paved the way for some future big men behind you, like Herbert Hill and some different guys who came in af- after you. So, you know, I want to, I want to shout you out for the grit and the tenacity you brought to that 2003, 2004 team. Uh, you know, making the NCAA tournament. I remember watching against Pacific and Michael Lola Candy. It was a special time. And oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That must have been a fun one to match up against. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. Well, he was already a pro. Well, they say he was already a pro. You know what I mean? So, so I mean, like I said, that like it's funny when when you start talking back about everything. It's like I feel like a kid again. It, you know what I mean? It gets me excited. I feel like I might go in the backyard right now and go shoot because I still feel, you know, the energy and stuff like that from, from those years of when I played. And it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just amazing. It's still thrilling to me, actually. Yeah. I mean, I mean, from being one of the best all-time shot blockers to put on a Friar uniform to, you know, leading us to an NCAA tournament, like I said, to getting drafted by the Lakers, one of the most storied franchises and, you know, having an amazing career, you know, past Providence college. I think it's safe to say that you have quite the basketball legacy and, you know, we're, we're honored to have you, you know, to have you have had you on the show here today and you know, we look forward to keeping in touch and I can't thank you enough for the time and go Friars. Thanks definitely for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'll be around. I'll be around, but I'll definitely go Friars, man. Keep it going. Keep it going. Love it. Thank you so much, Marcus. And no problem. All right. Keep it touch. would like to thank everyone for listening to episode 8 of the Friar Podcast. And of course, a thank you to our special guest, Marcus Doughton. We are back again next week, and as always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Friar Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts as well as SoundCloud if you enjoy our content. And as always, go Friars!